So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reet Entertainment Podcast, episode number 337 for February 13th. 2022. My name is Nathan Reed and Spruth, and joining me this week we have Connor the Cyberpunk Monk Besh. Aha, uh-huh. I'm all you got. It's all that's all I got for Valentine's is is Connor. That's no one else would have me. <laughs> uh so uh where can we find you, Connor? You can find me at a Roadout website, and the only link that I want to bring to all of y'all's attention there is the one for Clinton's Core Classic, the Rise of the Rune Lords actual play first edition podcast. Man, that's a lot to say. It is. Uh, we're going to be changing the name at some point in our lives, but right now it's still Clinton's Core, Cla- uh, Clinton's Core Classics. I would say it rolls off the tongue, but obviously not. CCC. That's what we have. Anyway, uh, I'm Nathan Reed Spruth. You can find me everywhere at Reeton. The most important ones are Twitter, uh, Twitch, where I stream Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific Time to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Both of those are at Reeton. So Reeton on Twitch, Reeton on Twitter. Uh, I have a YouTube that's youtube.com forward slash Reeton or Reeton Entertainment. And those are the, the biggest ones. You can also find this podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. I am uploading them to YouTube now. Uh, but the main places you're going to want to listen to them are like uh, Amazon, Google, iTunes, and Spotify. Those are the main ones that you can listen to them on. Though I don't think anybody actually goes to Amazon to listen to podcasts. You know, I I looked us up there just the other day, just, you know, as a matter of fact, we are on there. And I kind of wish I could see how many downloads it's had, like, globally, you know? Yeah, you might be able to. May, maybe something. we can get that from our host. Like, maybe we can get that precise with metadata. Like, X yeah. percent of users are using the Amazon service, and it's like two. Yeah, yeah. I think you can do it. Uh, from the from the people who are hosting the podcast, which is on Omni Studio. I think that you can, because we had to, I had to go and download some of those for a sponsorship we had with Clinton's Core Classics a while back, and I had to download like all the metadata for how many views we got and demographics and such, so that way they could consider uh, giving us a sponsorship for you know the month or two that we had a sponsorship. Anyway, we are uh, we are going to transition into asking what game or games. Have you played this week? I've played a little bit of Space Station 13, and that's just been dandy. They're, like, like, a lot of times this game will go through, like, weeks to months where it doesn't really get updated, and then other times all the... Because it's all, like, fan-created... Like, it's a GitHub that gets approved and stuff. Yeah. And sometimes all those developers and creatives types get together and be like, hey, let's all, like, publish our shit at the exact same time. And you get into the Space Station, and there's, like, so much new stuff to do. And That's cool. As a game about exploring and learning new stuff, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Yep, you're not making drugs anymore. You've graduated. Um, not lately. I you mean, know, when the need, like, if somebody says, "Hey, uh, meth is selling for a lot on the space market," I'll make some meth if we need. You know, whatever, whatever the station needs. Yes, yes, exactly. Whatever is good for the station and for Connor's pockets. Um, right. Nanotration is a good company, and yeah, this game's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Uh, just so you know, we're talking about making meth in the video game, not in the video life. game, yeah. not real life. Exactly. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Did you play anything uh, other than Space Station 13? I played a little bit of Final Fantasy 12, and boy, I sure do feel like I could see the noose in the distance on that one. It's, yeah, I mean, a lot of people really like it. I was never a huge fan. So. I beat it once, and now I'm playing with the super optimized, super power level party, and I just, I, I don't know if and, it, and, uh, and are you playing that I, on your Switch? I am playing it on the Switch. The Switch is the best console for this. I was now, playing it a little bit yesterday, waiting for people to show up to D&D and just kind of power leveled in the corner while I was mostly focusing on the conversation I was in. Best you, console ever. Until you get your Stream Deck. It is the best console to play that on. Stream Deck. Steam Deck, yes. Uh, and Steam Deck, I, not Stream Deck. Correct. I'm already kind of considering what games I'm... Like, I think New Vegas... I think that's like have you have you put any thought to what the first game you're gonna play with it is? Uh, Pong. And, and not just testing around there, like benchmarking or whatever. Like the first one you're gonna take the time with. I honestly have no idea. I I don't generally think like in terms of oh this game is one I'm gonna play. Probably what I'm gonna use my Steam Deck for most likely is if I'm playing a game like Final Fantasy Twelve or, you know, any of the other Final Fantasy games, and I'm streaming that on my computer to, you know, to my Twitch, which I do Monday through right. Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and so I'll probably use, like, the Steam Deck to lay in bed and grind, or if I'm at work, like, I go, to, I go on site and there's nothing to do, and I'm just sitting there grinding while waiting for things to come in. That's probably what I'll, I'll be doing. Um, yeah, so, uh, anything else besides Final Fantasy and, and Space Station 13? I played Breath of the Wild for, like, five minutes, because when you reboot your Switch after updating it, it plays the, the game that's actually inserted in, like, the cartridge slot before anything else. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the hell? I'm just, I'm just uh, still looking for a new game to play. Well, we'll, we'll talk about some of those later, probably. Maybe. There are some games that are getting released soon on Nintendo consoles. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Games that I played this week. Uh, I believe I played some Temtem on Monday. Uh, it's, it's Pokemon. It's pretty good. Did you catch all of them, Temtem? I have, I have not caught all of the Temtem. Gotta uh, catch all of them. On Tem-tem. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I played... Uh, Mass Effect, and I'm I'm approaching the end. I think I've got about two more days left, about six to seven hours left of Mass Effect because uh, I'm I'm at the part where I'm doing like the companion quests. And Mass Effect One is a good game, but two is two is the best in the series, in my opinion. And there's a lot more character development in two than there is one. Yeah. So I, 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 like, with one of your characters, the main quest that you do for them in one is, let's go get some armor. I mean, a it's, quest. Yeah, it's your, I mean, it's his dad's armor or grandpa's armor or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's, it's bothersome. Or it's not bothersome. It's just not that much character development. And then right. with another guy, uh, the main story for him is, oh, we have to go and kill 
or uh, track down somebody who's been stealing organs. And so we go and track him down, and then we kill that guy. And that's the that's the end of that storyline. Uh, there are a few things I have to do in the game. Um, I I mean it's it's a very old game now. It's fifteen fifteen years old now, something like that. And so I'm gonna spoil a little bit. In the end, there's a decision you have to make where you can either save uh, Ashley or Caden. And um, I'm really excited to kill Ashley. Like, super excited for it. I understand that. Um, well, first off, she's she's racist, like, against aliens. Incredibly. And, and then, like, I saved her in the first... The first time I played through, I saved her. And then on the second game, she was very rude to you. She just, she just, like, dismisses you and is super rude. And I know there's something, I think either in the second game or third game where she kind of redeems herself, but nope, I'm going to, I'm going to let her die. Let Caden live. That's my plan. Um, anyway, then on Friday, I played a little game called lost Ark, That is free to play. It's an Amazon isometric, like Diablo esque MMORPG. Uh, and I don't, quite like it that much i i know a lot of people are playing it and a lot of people think it's really good uh but i i was like okay let's play it because durga wanted to pl- try it out and then we're playing for like an hour and he's like can we play anything else i'm like no, oh, no you decided to play this game we have to play it for the stream time i'm not changing games in the middle of the stream and so that was it wasn't great and I, I was trying to uh, enjoy the game. Uh, I hear it gets better as it goes on, but it's not something that I think I want to put the time into for it to get better. I will also say that it's incredibly easy, at least for the first few hours. Uh, Durga and I did a four-man dungeon on hard mode and had zero issues. So that's, that's how easy that game is. And I'm sure it gets better, but I don't like Diablo. I assume you do. Um, yes and no. Uh, like a lot of other things, it kind of requires a community, and mm-hmm. most communities are gar garbage. I'm gonna go with garbage. I think yeah. garbage is the appropriate word. Yeah. I so I don't really like. Uh, I don't really like the game. I might pick it up again next week or something just to see if I enjoy it a little bit more. But it's not the best game. Also, the controls are really weird in that game. Um, you move around with left click, which is fine. And it's isometric. So you move around with left click. You attack. Your normal base attack is right click. Um, you use Q, W, E, R, A, S, D, and F for different abilities. So so not it one... sounds more like League of Legends almost. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it is it is more like Diablo because it's not, you know, lane-based. It's a, a dungeon crawler or whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, Control-wise, can... I mean to say. Yeah, you can also attack by using C on the keyboard is the normal base attack. Instead of pressing right-click, you press C. Um, so the controls are just wonky. It's really weird. Uh, so 
Cause, can you cause remap any of them? I did not try. I'm sure there, I, I hope there are ways to remap, but at the moment, I have no idea. Uh, so, you know, when I go into a game, we're kind of trained WASD to move around, right? But that's not what you do. And then I was like, okay, so I got new items. Uh, let me open my inventory, which is I. And then I was like, okay, let me open my character sheet so I can compare items. And I press C, and that's attack. It's really weird. It's a really strange setup for, for the controls. Anyway, I think it's meant so that, like, you can kind of claw grip it and have your your hand on, like, four, like Q, W, E, R, and then your thumb rest on C? Maybe? Uh, I, mean, I mean, maybe it's just because I have giant man hands, but that's not very comfortable. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I have tiny baby hands, and uh, it's not super comfortable. It does make me think like the claw. Like if I'm playing, you know, if I'm trying to like one inch punch my keyboard to death while I play video games, that's that's how that position is comfortable. Yeah. And so I I guess a lot of people like it. So I can't say I can just give you my opinion is that I did not enjoy it, but I also don't enjoy uh, Diablo very much. So maybe that's just on me. Uh, but we're going to move on and we're going to talk about some news stories. First off, number one, NVIDIA's blockbuster ARM acquisition is officially dead. This is from Gizmodo. Uh, as, as I think we spoke about, uh, NVIDIA want, wanted to buy ARM and ARM is a, uh, CPU manufacturer. They make a lot of, uh, CPUs for, for mobile devices, uh, I believe they are also the people who make the the phone or the the CPUs for like the Raspberry Pi, stuff like that. They they make cheap. Uh, is it called RISC instruction set? Uh, CPUs for usually integrated devices or or circuit boards, single board computers, phones, stuff like that. And Nvidia was like, we want to buy them. That way, we will have graphics cards. And we will have CPUs that we can manufacture. Um, And that deal has been stricken down. And it says, NVIDIA's $40 billion bid to acquire ARM has officially ended. SoftBank announced on Monday, citing significant regulatory challenges. And basically what that means is the US and UK were like, no, or uh, European Union were like, no, you can't do that. Because it would create a monopoly. I... I I see where they're coming from with that. Yeah. I do think it's a little weird that they allow, like, because AMD bought uh, ATI like 20 years ago, and that was fine. But NVIDIA trying to buy ARM is not fine. I don't know what the logistics is behind that. Maybe it's just too many companies, too few companies coming together. Uh, and I'm sure that if NVIDIA decided they wanted to make their own processor, that would be allowed. But them purchasing ARM has been has been told, no, can't do it. So I, I have this thought in the back of my head that I, I really wish I was more educated on, like, the numbers of this. But I'm willing, it's like, just statistically, how many devices use ARM processors in it? Pretty goddamn high. It there are there are quite a few 
devices, especially the big ones like Raspberry Pi, right? All of those have ARM processors. Um, I'm Qualcomm. I think make Qualcomm makes most of the phone processors, um, and then Apple has their own, you know, division that makes processors. But uh, I don't know. There are a lot of devices that use the ARM architecture, though or risk architecture with ARM. I don't know how it works, and Roe is not here to help us. So one thing I found funny about this is if you look on the third paragraph, it says uh, it will be forced as part of the acquisition terms to pay ARM owner SoftBank $1.25 billion for failing to close the transaction. So they were, they were going to sell, ARM was trying, or SoftBank was trying to sell ARM to nvidia that deal fell through and so nvidia has to pay softbank 1.25 billion dollars for not being able to buy them good for softbank i guess i know i wish i could get money like that just for not doing anything uh, i'm sorry they said that we can't do this oh but i already planned for this to happen oh no i guess you're just gonna have to give me that money anyways Old uh, out. Yeah, it says that there were SoftBank didn't they didn't lose money, but they did not earn as much money as they they wanted to. Obviously, it says SoftBank will miss out on Nvidia stock that, despite reports of this deal hitting uh, rock blocks, that's what it says. I think they mean to say roadblocks. Nope it it was written by me. Rock blocks. Despite reports <laughs> of this deal hitting rock blocks, I agree. Uh, has soared. The stock has soared since the attempted purchase uh, was announced. The transaction was initially worth around forty billion dollars, but or yeah, the transaction was uh, normal or whatever was worth forty billion dollars, but skyrocketed to eighty-seven billion last November when Nvidia's stock price peaked. So uh, they they did not reach as, or get as much money out of this as as they would have liked. SoftBank done it. But they still got $1.25 billion, so that's nothing to scoff at, I don't think. Anyway, uh, what do you think about this? Are you Whose side are you on? Do you think that this would have created a monopoly, or do you think that it would have been, I think, U.S. and, and EU regulators just going a little too far? I don't quite think that latter part is right, but I don't quite think that former part is entirely right either. I guess where I stand on it is ARM is very widely used and universally used. And I think it's like, it's not an open platform. I think you do have to license it, but mm -hmm. like, I, I, I don't like the idea of one company, particularly a company like, you know, NVIDIA, uh, being the ones who singularly get to own and control that. And like, do, do we just go to a new architecture at that point or do we start caving into whatever nvidia's plans are with it is it just a big money grab i there's a lot of uncertainty on there that i just don't think nvidia is the right company to be the sole control i don't think anyone particularly is should be the sole controller of it for that matter well yeah that was that was the main problem where uh regulators were like maybe we should back off here because uh they're worried that and there's companies, Microsoft, uh, AMD, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all came to U.S. regulators and were like, ah, we're a little worried about this because we have deals with with ARM. And if those 
deals are rescinded by NVIDIA, then that could create a monopoly, basically, on, on the risk architecture. Right. Or People who are much smarter than me can see the risk that I am sensing, that, that anyone yeah. who's paying attention is sensing at this transaction. And, and, and I think of, it's probably a good thing they shut that down. Probably. Yeah. Probably. And NVIDIA, of course, uh, they were like, ah, come on. We'll come be good. On. Come on. What if so, we lobby a little bit? Yeah. So they ended up shutting that down. Who knows? Maybe in the future somebody else will buy ARM. Um, I hear Elon Musk is worth a hundred something billion dollars. Maybe he'll just buy ARM, and then we'll all be sad. We'll all we'll be like, no, Nvidia should have got it. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our next story. Oh, this is one I really wanted to talk to a row. Oh, wait, 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 wait. First off, we did get some notes. A row is not here this week uh, because they are doing taxes. But do your uh, taxes. He yeah, do your taxes, everybody. I'm getting like a thousand dollars back. Uh, not, uh, that's only because I got like a $600 kicker from the state of Oregon. Otherwise I wouldn't have got like anything back anyway. Uh, Aroa left of some notes. So it says NVIDIA arm. No one should be allowed to own arm that makes products, which use arm. Okay. Uh, this is only a good thing for everyone. We don't need NVIDIA having any more power. That's what Aroa's thought is on this. Yeah. And. Uh, Aroa also had an update for our MoviePass one. MoviePass is relaunching. And before we get into the story, it says, insert laugh track here. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a laugh track, so uh, we're just going to pretend that I did. Or uh, Connor can try to laugh maniacally. Ah ha ha. Ah ha ha. Perfect. Ah ha ha. Thank you. You should stop now. Anyway, we're going to move on to uh, MoviePass 2.0. It is making a comeback, as we learned. Uh, this is, again, from Endgadget, not Gizmodo. Uh, MoviePass making a comeback, and we've learned some more details about the latest incarnation of the cinema subscription service. Co-founder Stacy Spikes, who is back at the helm, says MoviePass 2.0 will be built using Web3 framework and will have some kind of virtual currency. I don't like the words that she said. No, no, um, no, no, no. But it says members will have credits that they can use for tickets for themselves and friends. Unused credits will roll over to the next month and you'll be able to transfer them to other people. There will be tiered plans, but Spikes did, uh, did not divulge pricing. The new MoviePass app will show you how many credits you have and available screenings at theaters. Credit, uh, credits will work differently during peak hours and off-peak hours. A Friday and Saturday showing might cost more credits. You'll be able to reserve specific seats at some MoviePass partner theaters. Spike said that there is, uh, there will be ways for people to earn credits through the app via a uh, pre-show experience. In other words, watching ads uh, to make sure you're actually watching them. The app, I don't like this, will employ facial recognition and eye tracking. Yep, here it comes. Um, so if it's not, it's not good. It not says good. here, uh, MoviePass is opening up a portion of the company for equity investment. Those who take a stake in it will receive benefits such as lifetime membership. If 30% of moviegoers become subscribers, the company could double the annual revenue and attendance of the overall movie industry. 
That's what Spike said. But 30% of moviegoers are not going to become subscribers of MoviePass. That's not going to happen. I think they're, I mean, try to, try to think of it from like a, we want to make money. This needs to be profitable standpoint. They got to make it from people being desperate enough to watch a free movie. Not that, you know, movies aren't ludicrously expensive nowadays, but that's a different discussion. Um, Not, you know, it's, it's people who are going to be willing to just say, okay, I will watch 200 ads. I will watch ads all throughout the week. And God, this is so dystopian. Now, I, I, honestly, I honestly would not mind the watching ads for credit thing. I really would not mind that. If, I want to see if, how many it's going to be. I bet it's going to be ridiculous. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. But, like, I work from home. I could just, like, playing an ad while, like, taking care of a ticket and then playing another ad while taking care of a ticket. Like, I could just have them auto-rolling all day. But, but the problem but is the facial, the facial recognitions and eye tracking. Precisely. It's bad. It's bad. Um, it does say here, Spikes regained ownership of MoviePass in November. Um, he said that the, uh, he said he bid less than $250,000 for assets. However, they did not include customer email addresses or other data. Um, so they're basically starting from scratch. Uh, I, I, I don't know when this is launching, but it is launching at some point, uh, MoviePass will launch. I remember when, uh, MoviePass started up, I had a friend who used it all the time because I worked at, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken about it a few times, uh, all the time. I worked at Sony and Sony, uh, where I'm at is like a three minute walk away from a movie theater. It is, there's a, a place called the old mill district, uh, near where I live. And that is basically a movie theater with a bunch of shops around it. And the, the video game studio is right on that, right in that area. So That's an awesome campus. yeah. So what he would do is, you, you know, he'd get done with work and just go watch a movie with movie pass. Because at the time, it was basically unlimited movies. And so he'd just get off work, walk down to the movie theater, watch a movie. Uh, and he did that all the time. And uh, I assume he doesn't do that as much anymore because MoviePass doesn't exist. But it was, uh, it was cool for that aspect. If I were into movies as much as him, that would have been really uh, quite a neat thing to do. Uh, movie pass 2.0 does not seem like it's going to be like that. It'll probably be like you could watch two or three movies a month for 10 to $15. So you will be saving money, but I, I'm not sure what the, what the pricing is going to be. I'm not sure how much each credit is going to be for a movie ticket. Is it going to work for all movie theaters? Because I believe movie pass originally would just work for all movie theaters. It didn't matter if you were going to AMC or, or Regal Cinema or even a little podunk one that doesn't have an affiliation because uh, they just basically gave you a credit card that you could swipe and watch a movie. So I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see, and we'll, of course, keep you updated. But we're going to move on to our next story, which is Mazda head units are getting bricked by a local NPR station in Seattle. Who brought this? Was this a ROA? 
Aroa brought I believe that was one of the ones that Aroa brought up, yeah. Okay, so this is something that he is, uh, he is, is, he has a comment on that he wrote out, because again, he's doing taxes. Um, it says, it's amazing to me that car manufacturers want to act like it's not safe for car owners to have access to their vehicles like electronics, but then they also don't do basic error handling. I'm wondering how long it'll take for people to start setting up pirate radio stations, broadcasting album art with no file extension just to troll countless people. Um, and it says here, so that's what Aroa said. Moving on to the story from The Verge, our favorite computer builders. Or was that, that, was that a different one? I think it was The Verge. I don't think The Verge builds, does The Verge build computers? I thought they did like a computer build and everyone got mad at them like a couple years ago because they just did like, they're like, oh yeah, you got to apply some thermal paste, but the thermal paste. Well, yeah, I, okay. Yeah, I do. I kind of remember yeah. that. Yeah. Verge stay in your lane, please. Yeah. Uh, some Mazda drivers in and around Seattle this week discovered they could no longer change the radio station or play anything else in their cars after listening to the local NPR station KUOW. The, is uh, the issue affected owners of various Mazda vehicles with model years ranging from 2014 to 2017 that were tuned into the station, according to KUOW. Uh, it has been happening for weeks. Our, our numbers just started climbing. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> while the unsuspecting commuters tuning in discovered uh, was a bug in the car's infotainment software that crashed after trying to load HD radio broadcast uh, image that they have submitted. The file was missing an extension, and the infotainment software could not decode it and had no process for handling it. That's what Arobo is talking about. Yep. Um, so they would switch to the channel, but because the, the, the HD radio, I don't use radio, but the HD radio system did not have a file extension at the end, uh, the car was like, we don't know what to do, and just wouldn't let you change the station away from it. It's amazing. According Hold on, I might get more data. Not changing. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. And I, that's that's why you got to have good error handling. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I I don't know what this file type is. Something will accept this error. Yeah. So according to some Reddit users, the issue sounds even worse. Some owners reported losing Bluetooth con connectivity and the ability to play CDs, as well as a disabled backup camera and powerless oh, USB ports. Uh. One user warned against disconnecting the car's 12-volt battery when troubleshooting, as you can lose the ability to listen to KUOW. Oh, no. I, I, think, I think that might have been a joke. Yeah. Uh, this all sounds like something that could have been fixed with a software update, but it turns out the solution is to replace the CMU, which is a $1,500 hardware computer component of the infotainment system. Sorry, news, we don't have a way to flash an update in 2022. You're going to have to get a brand new motherboard in there. Yeah. Yep, that's not a good solution. Who thought of that? Well, yeah, but the good news is Monster is telling dealerships that uh, repair that should be submitted as a goodwill repair, which means that it should not cost anything to customers affected by it. The bad news uh, is the part that is not available anywhere due to chip shortages. So it so should take what... weeks. What what they should do is what uh, Canon did, and they're just like, we're sorry, here's the official way of how to hack your Tesla. As a Mazda, but yes. Or a Mazda. You just, you, yeah. Smart car, whatever. Everything yeah. sucks. It's, that's, 
really bad, Mazda. Like, you should... <sighs> there should be an error-correcting thing or something that just yeah. says, hey, if we don't have a file extension, only check three times for the file extension for that picture. And if it doesn't show up, maybe just show a black screen or insert, like, a default image. As a programmer, I will tell you, one of the first things you learn when you're, like, working with file types and stuff like that is write a, a quick little function that just says, hey, if I don't know what to do about this, gracefully exit. You don't want an application that says, oh, that's a big chunk of data, crash. Yeah, yeah. So this is bad. Uh, Aroa is right because it could be that people will just, like, start pirate radio broadcasts. Yeah, um, I was driving down the road, and then my radio, my, my, my Mazda smart screen started displaying a QR code, and... Even if 2% of the people, 1% of the people are curious enough to check it out, that could be really malicious. Well, even even so, just having it, like not even a QR code, but just uploading things without file extensions, and then uh, just having somebody like s switching their channel around, and then it pops onto that station. Now, I don't know how HD radio works. It's probably not the same as as normal radio and and we can set up our own radio stations you and i uh, the fcc will kick your door down and beat your ass but you can do it well you can do it locally like you can make a very short uh rate which is what bluetooth like uh in my old saturn i had one of those where it just plugged into the um it plugged into the the aux port and then you plugged the power into the you know uh cigarette lighter port and it created a little Bluetooth, uh, or not Bluetooth, but a little radio station that I could tune into to play uh, with my car. Oh, that's what it, it didn't plug into the aux port. What it did was it plugged into uh, blue or uh, the radio. I set it to a specific channel, and then I turned my radio there, and then I would connect my phone to it, uh, and it would play through the speakers because I didn't have Bluetooth in my car. It was a way to add Bluetooth to my car. Uh, and you can do that and create your own little um, radio station. But uh, anything more powerful than that, yeah, the FCC will come kick your door down. But even like though... 1.5 meters before it's an issue. It's, it's teeny-weeny. Yeah, but even so, you could get something like that and put it in your car and just wait for people to if this with the hd radio worked you could get something like that put in your car and somebody driving by might accidentally tune into your channel and then you could brick their car and they would have if no idea what enough. yeah so in this case people are lucky that it was just usb ports not working and you know i can't turn the radio station imagine if you were driving and your car's smart computer hit something it didn't know how to handle and then you just stopped accelerating. That would uh, not be fun. Anyway. Oh, I'm on the highway and uh, the emergency brake just kicked in. That it's, sucks. It's a, this is the second story we spoke about in like the last month and a half that uh, car manufacturers uh, messed up with their software. Because remember, remember there was one that we spoke about where a certain car company that I can't remember right now could not process 2022. So their dates were all wrong. When so, would there ever be a year 2022? Right. So for some reason, the way that the code was written, 
it could only process a certain amount of bits. And 2022 was beyond that amount of bits for dates. Because the car was manufactured in like 2004. Yeah. How are they? It's. I yeah. Need, uh, bad, bad, bad developers. They were using like a four bit architecture or something for their. <laughs> For their radio. The year is 1974 plus 2-bit integers. Yeah. That'll be enough. Anyway, uh, let's move on, and we're going to talk about Intel pay-as-you-go CPU features. I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. This is a lot of stuff we don't like with our dystopian future. Intel's Uh, mysterious software, software software-defined silicone. Uh, for adding features to Xeon CPUs will uh, be officially supported in Linux 5.18, the next major release of the operating system. SDSI allows uh, users to add features to their CPU after they've already purchased them. Uh, Formal SDSI support means that the technology is coming to Intel Xeon processors and will be released rather shortly, uh, implying Sapphire Rapids will be the first CPUs with the software. Uh, the Intel started out uh, Linux patches, blah, blah, blah. Assuming no major issues are found, the plan definitely is uh, to get this in before the 5.18 merge window. It's it's so basically you can buy a CPU that say you don't need hyper-threading. And so you buy the CPU with, without hyper-threading. I'm just keeping it base level. Uh, so you buy a four-core CPU, and you're like, I only need four cores. And then you're like, oh, I need hyper-threading. I, you know, it's been a year or two. Things are starting to slow down. Let's see if hyper-threading will fix that. And you pay 100 bucks to enable hyper-threading on your CPU. I don't like that. Intel's software-defined silicone is a mechanism for activating additional silicone features in already per, uh, produced and deployed server CPUs using the software. While a former support, formal support of the functionality is coming in 5.16 and is set to be available this spring, Intel hasn't disclosed what exactly it plans to enable using the pay-as-you-go CPU upgrade model. Uh, so we don't know how it works or what it enables, uh, but we can make some educated guesses. Um, it says here, I'm looking for what it actually, what we can guess. Mine was hyper-threading. But uh, Tom's hardware might have some more insight onto what could be there. Uh, virtually all of Intel's CPU uh, customers need all the supported features, which is why Intel uh, has to offer specialized models. There are 57 SKUs in the Xeon scalable third-gen lineup. That's a lot of different CPUs. Wouldn't it be easier yeah. to just make one? Um, and I think... Maybe if the world wasn't in this weird chip shortage right now, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. I have this weird feeling that Intel wants to get to a point where they're just releasing the same chip over and over and over. And what if you wanted to upscale and, oh, you don't need to upgrade your infrastructure. Just pay us a little more money. We'll we'll boost up your chip. I don't like like that. It says here... Intel plans to add more features specialized for particular use cases. You can see examples of the SKU stack above, and it includes all types of different Xeon models. So here are the things that Xeon CPUs that might be a pro- might be something that you could enable with pay-as-you-go. Um, 
large DDR memory support with up to 4.5 terabytes of RAM. 4.5 terabytes of RAM. Cyberpunk. Right. Um, medium DDR memory support with up to 2 terabytes of RAM. Uh, networking uh, slash network function virtualization. This one's annoying. Search. Might might have I don't know what that means in a CPU. Um search optimization, maybe. I don't know. know. It says here it says here thermal. I don't know what it means for for that either. I I, maybe it allows them to run at a higher thermal limit. I have no idea. Um VM density value and Intel speed select technology. Those are some of the things that they might possibly have in this pay-as-you-go. But I also don't like it because usually what happens in the server space eventually comes to consumers. And I don't like the idea that you can buy a CPU and then you have to pay to unlock certain features. I know that they've tried this in the past with something. I don't remember exactly what, uh, but it did not work out very well. You could like Was that pay- the Athlon 2? probably something like that where you could like pay to unlock cores or something like that um not huge fan not a huge fan of this again dystopian future um but we we have a lot of news stories to talk about so we've got to move we have well yes yes nathan's in a hurry we know i'm not in a hurry we just have one very oh wait i'm sorry i apologize aroa um said something about this in the chat and so said you know my first thought is that this is more reason why no one should buy intel but then i realized amd knows better than to try this after the athlon 2 core unlocking fiasco back in 2010 they they don't know better that's the problem like my thing with that you should show no brand loyalty um i tend to buy intel cpus just because i can usually get them at a discount um, but like Intel is, is clearly the, the person that's in front in this race, or they used to be, uh, AMD is slowly catching up, which is good, but you know, AMD is starting to raise their prices too. Like, it's not like they are keeping their Ryzen CPUs cheap. Like they, they were in the first and second generation. They're starting to raise their prices up. Uh, to, you know, make more money because that's what they want to do. They want to make more money. So I, you know, if AMD does end up taking the massive mar- uh, amount of market share that Intel had or has, um, I could see them starting to pivot and do more stuff like this in the next five to 10 years as well. Don't Don't assume that a company cares about the people. They only care about money. Maybe. And how to make more out of it from you. Yeah. And I mean, the good thing is recently AMD found the way to make more money was to add tons of cores to their CPUs. So because we went for like an eight or nine year stretch where the highest core count you could get in a consumer CPU was maybe six cores. Maybe. But most of the like the 78 or 7700s and the 6700s, all of those for seven or eight years. All of them had four cores, eight threads, with like maybe a ten to fifteen percent silicon uh, or IPC increase. So I am happy 
that AMD has come out and been like, no, we're going to make CPUs that have, you know, eight core, 16 threads. And we're going to make that the standard that you can get for, you know, your 1700X or your 2700X. And I am happy about that. Uh, it's It's been good, but don't assume that AMD is any better than Intel when it comes to to marketing and money. Uh, no. They've already tried this, and, and now Intel's trying this. Um, we're going to talk about another story. We're going to move on to uh, Bowser. It is, uh, give me a second. I want to make sure I get the names correct. So there is Gary Bowser is a hacker. Doug Bowser is the president of the North American uh, Nintendo. Nintendo, you know, of America or whatever. And not to be confused with Bowser, the uh, leader of the Koopa Troopas. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's weird. So... Gary Bowser is getting 40... I For some reason, my brain was like 40 years. No, it's 40 months in prison right. uh, for his involvement in Switch Hacking Group Executor. The Department of Justice announced it on Thursday, not to be confused with Doug Bowser um, or Mario's nemesis. Bowser was part of a collective that developed and sold devices uh, people could use to play pirated games on their consoles. The, uh, it says the FBI arrested Bowser in 2020. One year later, he agreed to pay $10 million to Nintendo to settle a civil piracy, or I'm sorry, privacy lawsuit and another $4.5 million in restitution to the company, leading uh, up to today's sentencing announcement. Bowser faced up to 10 years in prison. According to the Justice Department, video game publishers have lost more than $65 million thanks to Team Executor's exploits. Homeland Security Investigations uh, and the FBI are still working to apprehend Bowser's uh, accomplices. And then there's an update. They they messed up in the previous version of the article, and they had to update it because they said Doug Bowser and Doug Bowser. That, that's so. why we had to clarify because, you know, we know better. We, we're, we assume that not every user would be as educated, and they might confuse the three, so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just like this article, the Engadget article had to do, we made sure that our users were well informed. I, I. Please give uh, us five stars. Now, this is what Aroa has to say about it. It says, I will freely admit that, yes, Team Executor were only in service of privacy. That said, facilitation of privacy should not and in, in and of itself be a crime. This is the same logic that leads to Hillary Clinton saying that gun manufacturers need to be responsible for what is done with their guns. Uh, this is a chilling precedent to set. Also, uh, F Nintendo. So, uh, I I tend to agree. I think that if Team Executor were just to to be not not for private or uh, piracy, but they were just for you know hacking your Nintendo and putting like uh uh they have an Android app for it, right? I could see that maybe have he could have won the case, but if Team Executor was only using it for uh, piracy, that would explain why Nintendo went through and won this. Uh, but you are, or Aroa is correct. You are correct. Aroa is correct that it creates a bad precedent um, because I think you should be able to hack your consoles and and do whatever you want with them. You own them. Yeah, you, right. And... So, 
every step that we get further from you can't do whatever you want with your shit, the more that it's like, well, you're just, you know, borrowing the hardware that you put or whatever like that. I I don't like that just because I like hacking my stuff. Yeah, uh, that too. being said, obviously we can't be endorsing piracy. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nobody here does that. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Steam and, Deck. Uh, Steam Deck. Steam yeah, Deck. Steam, Steam Deck's going to be pretty cool. Too. But uh, yeah. the, the, the only opinion I really have about this that kind of makes me glad that everything went down the way that it did is I guess that Doug Bowser, no, Gary Bowser. Ooh, I guess that is easy to confuse. I Gary know, right? Bowser made it so that if you get this exploit, like if you steal it, it bricks your hardware. Oh, wow. And that is very uh, unusual in the sense that somebody who's endorsing piracy is saying, don't steal my shit. Hypocritical, not unusual. I don't I, like, uh, don't pirate that piracy app, I guess. Don't pirate that shit. Don't support the, I mean, he's, he's in prison now. Obviously, don't support him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, we do have more to talk about Nintendo. Did you happen to watch the Nintendo Direct? I did uh, at work and in bursts. So I okay. mostly know what's going on. Um, okay, so we're going to talk. I, I watched it all during work because I am a uh, bad employee. But I was doing work at work. Uh, we've got uh, Fire Emblem Warriors 3 Hopes announcement trailer. Did... It's Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, did you like... Uh, you like the Three Kingdoms, right? Three Houses. I was Three houses. pleasantly surprised with that game. I, I highly recommend it if you have a Switch. Perfect. Good. Happy to hear that. I never played it. Uh, I'm not huge into the Fire Emblem games. I don't like that... Um, that style of combat, really. I love tactics. Yeah, I know. Uh, we also have another tactical game that was... Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp, which launches the 8th of April. Um, I love Advance Wars. Yeah, it looks good. Again, it's a tactical game. I probably won't play it, but it it looks good, and it's getting a remake or a remaster. I think it's a remake. Like, they're fully remaking it. So uh, are you going to be getting either of those games? I'm definitely not getting the Fire Emblem because I can't stand Dynasty Warriors games. And... I am having mixed feelings about the Advance Wars ones. I played a lot of Advance Wars games, uh, and I I kind of remember them having this problem where the entire game is a, a cakewalk breeze, and then you get to the last mission, and it's like, if you dare have one unit out of place, you will lose this entire mission. You know, Final Fantasy three, Japanese Final Fantasy three, is kind <laughs> of like darkness. that. Etc. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that, where, like, oh, you need to have dragoons in this battle, otherwise you lose. And mm-hmm. at, the, at the end, it's like, you need to have ninjas, otherwise you lose. And I, and I agree, I don't like that. I think you should be able to play the way you want to play. Um, and if you, if you have the right tactics, you should just be able to win, even if it might not be exactly what the developers planned on. I mean, uh, like another... any good strategy game, it's it's reacting to what comes to you. And yeah. you could even compare it to Warhammer, which I did want to talk about, but I know you're in a hurry here, so we won't talk about that today. Nathan. That's okay. Uh, I'm not really in a hurry. About... I was just wanting to get to the Nintendo Direct stuff. So, uh, No Man's Sky is getting a launch on, or a release on the Switch, and which is neat. That's a little weird, right? 
you know, a little weird, but I think that this is a really good game for uh like commuting or something. I think it would be really good for you. Cuz there's not yeah. much combat. There's not much combat. Um you're mainly just lying around and exploring stuff or building stuff. Uh you can easily apparently you can they they have added in I'm looking at the the trailer and at about a minute 27 it shows you flying around with wings on your butt. You're oh, sitting sorry. around in a wing chair. Anyway, it it looks cool. And I think that No Man's Sky from the time it released to now has done so many updates that this could be a really good uh really good game to play on the Switch. Hopefully the frame rate's good, but we'll yeah, have to wait and see. Definitely something I would consider uh checking out before you make that purchase. Yeah, watch reviews, everybody. Always watch reviews. Don't be like me. Don't buy games on release day. Don't pre-order games. Don't do it. Uh, we also have another game that I probably won't play. It's uh, They're releasing a new FIFA game. Uh, yeah, that's basically what it is. <laughs> now, they're releasing uh, Mario Strikers. I'm sorry. Mario Strikers Battle League. It is due out on 10th June. Um, it's uh, It's soccer with mario basically and, and, and they got and tennis they got golf they're, they're just going through the motions at this point and i know they've made this game before and i, I think it was even a pretty popular series it was uh, uh Mar- i believe it was made for, for me i believe it was GameCube, made for gamecube yep yep yeah so uh yeah it's not not a game i would play again but i it's probably if you're playing if you want to play a arcade soccer game this is probably the one for you if you want to play a simulation soccer game fifa is the one for you um splatoon 3 is also coming out and uh it looks like more splatoon with horde mode yeah i wish aro was here for this i don't particularly have any strong opinions on the splatoon series i know he no. adores them yeah i mean they're cute but i i they're all right. I'll I'll sit down and play a match, but I'm not going to get widely into it and play it every day. Uh, Front Mission 4. This is one that I could see you really wanting. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Battle Mechs. Uh-huh. And it's Tactical. Uh-huh. Uh, so are you, is this a day one purchase for you? Day two. Yeah, it's gonna be. A, it's probably gonna be a day one purchase for me. I uh, of course I'm going to wait and see how it boots, how it runs. Sometimes, uh, I, I don't want to point any specific names, but there have been games on the Switch that I've got that have just been unplayable for the outer worlds. Probably. I'm getting a vision, and you you might be right on that one. Yeah. Uh, like it, like any of these games, just. Give it a second before you make any of these purchases because um, don't support cheap developers, I guess. Yeah, I, I think but, that's the true moral. But we do have a free to play game to talk about as well. Uh, Disney is making a free to play cross platform Disney slash Pixar racer with online modes called Speed You know, people Storm. have been saying that if they're not going to make a Mario Kart 9 or Mario Kart 8 DLC, that they're uh, just going to make their own kart racers and. I guess this is it. And, and Disney free. owns everything, right? And it's free to play. I don't know if I'll... I didn't even notice that one. Um, 
here's a, a weird one. And I, I liked this game when I played it on the Xbox 360. Uh, the Force Unleashed is getting released on the Switch. Star Wars. I liked it. Did you not like it? I mean, I it's... actually do remember playing this game on the Wii. Yeah. And oh, no. I remember <gasps> kind of being underwhelmed by it. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. So here's the problem. The, there, there was the, the PlayStation and Xbox version. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also released on PC, and then there was a Wii version. Guess it, which it one? Guess which uh, one the Switch is getting? Uh, it's the Wii version. Yeah, because I noticed a little bit in the um, in the trailer, they had said something about it's being up or the controls have been upgraded from the original Wii version. I'm like, no, no, no! What are you doing? It shouldn't couldn't be much worse. Uh, yeah, but you could have just done the Xbox 360 version. You could have ported the right version, the PC yeah. version. Exactly. Um, oh, here's one that the next one is something Durga really wants. Um, it's a Gundam game. Oh, no, mm-mm, you skipped one. Uh, did I? Continuing I the ports, Nintendo confirmed Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection. Oh, it's not in the, on the set. It doesn't have a big photo. I know, Nathan. It, it's not. Go, go on, please. No. Okay. Are you going to play the Ezio collection? Fuck oh, yeah, I am. And okay, I'm cool. so pissed off that I need to pay $60 to play yet another Assassin's Creed game that I've 100%ed already. Yet another three Assassin's Creed games that you've already completed. Yeah, but they are good games. They are good. I played the first one and a little bit of the second one, and then I tapped out. I was like, this this seems like a series that's going to go on forever, and I don't have enough time. It sure did. <laughs> uh, we have SD Gundam Battle Alliance, which is due out on Nintendo Switch at some point this year. So, Like, I play Warhammer, so obviously I'm into big mechs and fighting and shit like that, and I'm this game looks like Chibi or something. I, I assume that's what SD Gundam is. I have no idea, honestly. But it does look cheapy. Um, is this made by Platinum? Um, this... it me... does not say. Let me check in the the end. Nanco here. Bandai. Uh, yes. Nan Nan Nan. Uh, Bandai Namco. Sorry. Uh, Bandco Namco. Yeah, those guys. They they aren't making any more dot hack games, but they're making this this one and i think my friend would probably like this it does look like a platinum games you know standard uh hack and it looks like dragon ball like like i'm trying to think of exactly how to describe it i think dragon ball is the right word yeah so it looks like a decent game i probably won't play it but i if you're into gundam you'll probably love it so my friend durga is gonna buy that immediately um there's another one, a little game. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. Uh, it's getting a remake. It's called uh, Chrono Cross. Nah, no one's ever heard of that one. That's that's a game out of time. Yeah, the Radical Dreamers edition. Uh, it's coming. Uh, you can turn off enemy encounters, and there's an enhanced soundtrack. Apparently, you can turn off enemy encounters in a game. Where you That'll have be to good for Aroa. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he will actually play through this game. Be like, I didn't have to do anything. I just paid attention to this. It story. is a fantastic story. Yeah, um, I have it. I tried playing it on the PlayStation a few years ago now, and I will tell you, 
it is especially on modern monitors it is super hard to see what's going on in that game so There's emulators that can kind of help out with that but yeah sometimes uh, a crisper screen is always not the best for older technology i was i had i have the actual cd and i was playing it in my playstation 3 so i there was only so much i could do uh and of course i could have used uh you know one of the many many emulators out there and and upscaled it to 1080p or 4k or whatever because you but, legally own the game because i do it's all legal yeah because i legally own the game but i didn't do that i wanted to play it on that and it is hard to f- see anything so uh for people who don't want to be dirty dirty pirates or play on a, a play their legitimately owned games on an emulator uh having it for the nintendo switch at a higher resolution just does sound like a good option which hopefully everything's clear and like even just walking around the first town i could barely see my character it was awful uh so i never beat the game i did beat the other one uh chrono trigger but not chrono cross oh another thing i just want to slip in here you know uh they're bringing back futurama without bender i i'm sure they will be inclined to throw enough money at john dimaggio that he's uh willing to come back yeah i am curious to see how much money it's going to take i wonder if they're going to put a one and two zeros in front of the last offer that they got probably um and then the next one is one that Aroa wanted to talk about. They're coming out with a new Kirby game. Hell yeah. Where you can eat cars. Hell yeah. You can and eat a whole lot of, uh, like, just everyday stuff. Yeah. Like, here's a broken car. Here's a broken vending machine. Yeah, so you become, in the trailer, uh, Kirby eats a car and then... Basically, it's the bottom part of the car with a pink Kirby top. It's really weird. It's, it's not like he's swallowing it and getting the abilities. It's like he's going to go eat it, and it's too much, so he's just kind of wrapped around it. Yeah. And it's ridiculous, it's, and I love it. It's called mouthful mode. Uh, and then, yeah, he so he does a car, and then he turns into a vending machine, which shoots out projectiles. Um, I see him turning into a traffic cone. So, you know, Kirby, oh, 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 a scissor lift. You also turn into a scissor lift and then a light bulb. I, I don't know if they're running out of ideas, but I feel like this might be the end. So some of the, the more exciting stuff that I know you're watching the trailer as you're talking about it. Um, it seems like they're doing some RPG elements, like with being able to upgrade abilities. That in particular, I am excited for, and I think maybe they went a little strong on the "oh, look at the silly things Kirby can eat and become." Because I don't know, it's a kids' game. Like, like I usually am not actually interested in playing simple, easy baby games for babies, but this game actually looks dope as hell, yo. And um, uh, Aroa's uh. Aroa's thing for this one. He he has commented on some of them, but not uh all of them. So it said Kirby oh uh Kirby looks so cool, oh man. And that's his I concur with that. Kirby. Uh MLB the show twenty two is also launching on this the Switch now for, for the first time ever. 
I wonder how this is going to run because. Uh, well, first it's going to run to first and then second and third and then finally home. Good. Thank you for explaining sports ball. But what I mean is frame rate might be an issue. Uh, now, I know that people have gotten way better at designing stuff for the Switch, but uh, there was a sports game that was made by 2K. It was, well, it was a wrestling game made by 2K, and they have never released another WWE wrestling game on the Switch because it ran at like 10 frames a second at a good time. And that's why you don't pre-order your games. That's why you don't buy games. That it was, it was delayed by like four months and then just quietly launched because they had to, I think. And it was, it was not good. So uh, I wonder how this is going to play. I assume that it's going to play a lot better. They're probably going to run it at 720p with variable resolution that's just going to like drop down to like 500p at certain points. Happens all the time. Uh, so MLB, the show 2022. Um, it does say there's a pricey Kingdom Hearts integrated masterpiece, which is due out on the Switch in closed, uh, I'm sorry, in cloud form. Do not don't buy that game. Buy it on PC. Buy it on freaking PlayStation 3 or 4. Do not buy the uh, Kingdom Hearts games on the Switch. Look they what we run... could do. We could stream to the Switch. Yeah. No, you can't. They run terribly. It's not a um, working game. Klonoa 1 and 2 are coming to the Switch on 8th of July uh, as the Fantasy Revere series. Reverie. Reverie. Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry. I was like, yeah. Uh, Reverie series. It, uh, do you like Klonoa? I know Aroa likes Klonoa. He said, Klonoa! Woo! Yeah. Actually, he said um, Klonoa I... Pogchamp. Yes, Aroa is one of them young whippersnappers. I never had a PlayStation growing up. That was something that my, my step family had. Uh, so I, I mean, I'm like adjacently familiar with Klonoa. I do think it's an adorable mascot, but it's it's just a 2.5D platformer. Yeah, it's a 2.5D platformer with some cool abilities, but it's again, it's not something I played. I did have a PlayStation, but uh, my family was poor, so we got like one video game a year. Uh, so Final Fantasy IX, I played through a lot. Final uh, Fantasy VII with no memory card. Woo! The first, like the first day I got mine, um, my mom bought LA me Final G Fantasy. Sorry. I think she bought me Final Fantasy IX with no memory card, and then also uh, I rented uh, Final Fantasy Tactics with no memory card. So I mean, those are great games. Not to All play with no considered. memory card. Yeah, I I have played, and I'm, I've probably said this before. I have played like the opening to Final Fantasy VII, the the demo disc that had LAPD Future Cop, whatever it was on it, more times than I care to mention, just because didn't have a memory card. I remember playing the Final Fantasy VIII demo, and the mission you play through the first mission, the seed mission mm -hmm. in that demo, and you have Leviathan in the demo. And so you're using Leviathan during that mission. But as you well know, you don't get Leviathan until like way later in the game. Right. Like at the end of disc two, I think. 
Well, if you want to be able to fight enough to survive this harrowing encounter, you better buy the game when it releases. All right. So another game that I love, and I love that it's coming to Switch, but I will not buy it for the Switch because I already own it, is Portal and Portal 2 are getting launched on the Switch. This is great for anyone who hasn't already played Portal. Yeah. Or uh, people looking for co-op experiences to play. I'm encouraging that my brother get this game because I think his two kids would have a very fun time playing it on their Switches. Yeah. It's it's good. It's a good game. Uh, Both of them are. Uh, I just think it's weird that it's launching... How long has the Switch been out? Like six years now? Five years? I mean... The... Gabe Newell and Steam were like, we support the Nintendo Switch. We want to release on it. And I, I can't actually remember if they actually ended up doing it or not, but I do remember them being excited about it. Okay. How do I pronounce the next one? Is it Live Alive? Live Alive? I think it's Live Alive. Live Alive. Okay. It but looks like it's a 2D... Uh... It's got that like 2.5D thing that octopath traveler had Mm -hmm. and i remember when they did that i was like i sure do hope more studios do that and i I think it's just them i think it's just that one studio doing it It but it looks looks so great it looks really good uh i'm gonna get this it's it's a jrpg basically and it looks looks really good i like it assuming Um, it's not hot garbage i'm gonna get this i don't know it looks so dope uh i might get it once it releases on pc like octopath traveler did when it inevitably does. Yeah. Uh, and there is the last one. It, well, not the last one. But one of the last ones is Nintendo Switch Sports. Uh, which is, you know, like Wii Sports, but for the Nintendo Switch. And it has new modes like sword fighting. And uh, uh, other stuff I can't see right now. Uh, uh, soccer. Oh, this is the soccer game you want to play where look at uh one oh three. One minute three seconds in this trailer. You can hook Ooh, up a Joy-Con. Have... You can look uh hook up a Joy-Con on your leg and use it to kick the ball. That doesn't seem wonky at all. I mean, I don't know, it's it's giving the people the reason to get up and move around. Why are you against fun, Nathan? Let people I have am... fun. I am against fun. Uh, they have also got not tennis. It's called badminton. It's, it's, it's like tennis, except for the thing is slightly different. Um, oh, the you, also shuttlecock. Have, you also have volleyball, which is tennis without a racket. Um, and then other sports that I don't care about, like bowling. So, I mean, it'll probably be fun. I, it's definitely not going to be worth $60 that they want for it. Definitely uh, not worth sixty dollars. Um, they they did this like fake out where the first characters they show playing this game, those are me's. Yeah, I don't know what those things are. So those are me's. No, it does. Say, and then uh, uh, I want to say what Aroa said. He said Switch Sports looks fun, but the characters make me want to puke. Definitely, uh, they yeah. did show actual me's being used, and I that gives me hope that there's there's going to be an option other than like generic puke face but uh i have a feeling they're gonna get some some criticism some feedback and hopefully they act on that but oh, it's nintendo the, so maybe they won't who knows the leg strap thing 
I believe is an additional accessory you have to buy. Naturally. I wonder if the one that you get for that Wii exercise game is compatible with it. I don't know, but just so you know, there's an online play test February 18th through the 20th. So this week sometime, uh, you will be able to do an online play test. Will you try the uh, Switch Sports online play test? I don't have Switch test? Online. Oh, yeah, me neither. I forgot we needed that. Wait, I have normal Switch Online. Will that work? Or does that have to be the, the bonus plus edition? I, I imagine normal would work. Okay. Um, there's another game releasing uh, this year, I think. Yeah, this year. It is uh, a good game, I think. I'm just trying to... Taiko no, no Tatsujin. Yeah, I was just trying to get the name. Uh, yeah. Rhythm I know what Festival. stalling is. Yeah, thank you. And I, it's I've actually had it out for like six years now. I know when you're stalling. That's true. There's also a. It's also for Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, included with Game Pass. Um, but it's it's basically Donkey Konga. And they have like a bunch of songs in there, like Megalovania. Um. What does and, that oh yeah, there it is. And anime songs as well, like a bunch of feel special. Gurinja. Kyrie, uh, nope, not not gonna say that one. Racing into I, the I, night. I, I I feel like Aroa is the the target audience for this game. Kai Kai Katan. Oh, Kai Kai Katan. Something like that. Um, Dancing into the night, Marigold, Moonlight, and more. And of course, Megalovania is is one of the big ones. Uh, this game is cool, and I like it. However, I played it on Game Pass. And playing with it, playing it with a controller sucks. Yeah. So you need some sort of drum thing like the Donkey Konga did. And I don't know if this is going to have an accessory like that. But if you do get this, know that it would probably be best with an accessory like that. Make your own damn accessory. Yep. Uh, here's another game that looks cool. Definitely right up Connor's alley. Triangle Strategy. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a tactics game. It's a tic tacs game. It, wasn't there like a a demo that was released? Yeah, I actually think it's out, and I haven't downloaded it yet because mm -hmm. life. Uh, well, I am going to eventually get that. I'll probably uh maybe I'll bring my switch to work tomorrow and download it there. Well, and the cool thing about the demo is that the demo you can it plays through the start of the game, and the saves will transfer over to the full release of the game like when they do that me too uh there is an a free update for metroid dread now you have played metroid dread right i have yeah i beat it um do you think that you could do it in hard mode i do not actually think or I dr could do i'm sorry I, dread mode yeah i i did do it in hard mode i do not think i could do dread mode that looks particularly gosh darn hard to me uh yeah one hit kills Watching some some of the bosses in that game are quite difficult, even for an experienced Metroidvanian as myself. Yeah. And watching people do it online without getting hit once is a little bit soul crushing. <laughs> yeah. Don't you hate that when you're like, I want to learn how to like mine is for like uh, guitar and stuff. You're like, I want to learn how to do guitar. And you see somebody like, oh, I just made this up. And they just like. Whittly, awesome. whittly, woo. Yeah. And you're just like, I think I'm. That song's I'm, called. I want to rock your body till the break of dawn. 
exactly. But yeah, Dread Mode, uh, very, very difficult. I have not played Metroid. I'm not, again, into Metroidvania games. I, I, I get overwhelmed with Metroidvania games. Uh, my friend bought me a while ago Hollow Knight, which I'm sure you'll agree is a very good game. I, I enjoyed some parts of Hollow Knight. Yeah. And my friend was, I was like, I don't know where I'm going. And that's part of it. You, you figure out the lay of the land and where you have to go. And so my friend was like, oh, here's a map. And showed me the entire map of Hollow Knight. And I looked at it, got scared, and closed the game. Because <laughs> I was like, nope. Oh, no. <laughs> Too yeah, big. It's, it's got right. like a fast travel system that you kind of need to learn to utilize unless you really like traveling around. And, you know, Dread has that as well. I definitely think Dread is not as overwhelming as a game as Hollow Knight. But while you're learning the mechanics, Dread is, at least in part, a little bit actually terrifying. Like, like eventually learning how to get past the Emmys and stuff like that is a breeze and you can do it pretty easily. But like, until you learn how they work and what you could do to escape, it's actually kind of frightening. Yeah. So, the next game to or games... Oh, and uh, Cuphead... Delicious last chorus hits. Oh, did we miss that? 30th yeah. of June. Okay, cool. Don't whatever. worry, I got you. Thanks. Cuphead for the Switch. Woo! And we have another two games to talk about that are available right now. Uh, or you can get it. Uh, I'm sorry. It says Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings are now out via Nintendo Switch Online subscription. So Earthbound yeah, was... and Earthbound Beginnings. So Earthbound is Mother Two. And right. Earthbound Beginnings is Mother. Right. I was, and, like, whooping when I saw that they were making Earthbound on Switch. I was so ready to throw just about whatever they wanted to charge for it. And then I saw it with Switch Online, and I was like, oh, I don't want to rent Earthbound. So are they not releasing Earthbound? Like Nintendo doesn't it? want my money. I, um, I don't want to give them $9 a month for a catalog. I want to give them $9 to own this game again. Okay, so yeah, it says Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings. In the disclaimer, it says Nintendo Switch Online Membership, sold separately, and Nintendo Account Required. Not available in all countries. Internet access required for online features. Terms and conditions apply for more information. So yeah, it requires that you have a subscription for... Uh, the Nintendo Switch online membership. It does not say it needs to be the expansion pass. So just the normal $20 subscription. But still, that's, that's not cool. That's $20 to rent Earthbound. Yeah, and what about... If you, if you can't beat Earthbound in one month, that's that's $40 to beat Earthbound. Yeah. Ooh, and... Nintendo, that's a no, little no, no, steep. No, it's $20 a year. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, It it So it's not... You know, if if you can't beat it in a year, that's a problem with you. <laughs> you have not been spending an hour a day on Earth, or less than an hour, an hour a week on Earthbound would be enough to be able to beat it in a year. Yeah, so, it's a great game. I recommend everyone play it. Yeah, uh, but I will say that it's shitty that they're not... They, just let me pay like 20 bucks to buy it. I, I would pay yeah. 20 bucks to buy Earthbound and Mother 1. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was confused about is why did they not release Mother 3? Or are they, they're going to do that separately at some point. I That's... have some thoughts and opinions about it, and I, I'm sure licensing is probably a part of it. 
Yeah, probably. And here, it says here, perhaps the biggest announcement of the Nintendo Direct was paid DLC courses for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. The booster course pack includes some courses from the past Mario Kart games. Eight courses will be released at a time frame, a time frame over six waves ending in 2023. That's a total of 48 new courses. So you have six times eight. Yeah. Uh, yep. The first launches March 18th. Those who have a paid Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack membership get the DLC at no extra cost. Otherwise, you have to pay for it. And so they're not releasing a new Mario Kart game. They're releasing old levels for Mario Kart games as paid DLC. It's going to be expensive, too. Yeah, I hate that. I I don't like that. Um that that you have to pay for courses that were that should have already been in the game and it's not going to take much for the imp- them to import them over to the game. Well, I actually think they're like actually doing updates of all of these old courses. It's not like they're just taking GBA maps and throwing them on the Switch and they work. I would do that. I Yes, but you're a lazy resolution. son of a bitch. Same resolution. So are they, apparently. Look at this. Right. Um, but, yeah, I I, I don't like... I, I, it's the same way, like, buying maps for, like, old Halo games. I just don't like it. I, I, I know that they have to make their money somehow. But also, I don't think you... I, I don't think you should have to pay for it. And I think that having the Nintendo Switch online thing for it is bad. And also... um. Booster course pack, wave one is available March eighteenth, twenty twenty two. I think it says that all of them are twenty five dollars for all forty eight. I oh, think. I thought it was that for each pack, but maybe I misunderstood that. Yeah, it says it says here, waves one through six, forty eight courses, and then right next to it says twenty five dollars, which. I, I would be okay with 25 for eight courses would be bad. Yeah. So let's hope that it's 25 for the whole. It's like a, a season pass that you get. I don't know. It's Nintendo. They, they kind of dropped the ball with a lot of things like internet play and DLC. Yeah. We'll see. And the last one, Nintendo Direct ended with some uh, a big announcement. Uh, one that a game that's uh September this year, uh, called Xenoblade Chronicles Three. That's the one people wanted to hear about. Yeah. Not Breath of the Wild Two. I mean. Not Metroid Prime Four. Not F Zero. People do want to hear about um, Xenoblade Chronicles. Is a pretty good game. The Xenoblades. It it is a apparently a very popular JRPG. So, yeah, for tweens. Well, yeah, but uh, I know Xenoblade Chronicles Two did pretty well on the Switch, so I I probably won't get this game at least at launch. It's another one of those games that you know I just played through a hundred thirty five hour game. So any game that's over like sixty hours, I'm like I want to do it. But this game looks it looks nice. If you watched the trailer. You can tell it's not running at like 1080p. No. Um, I mean, it's, it's you, you kind of know what you're getting into with the hardware you're playing on. Right. So I 
that's one thing I don't like about the Xenoblade games. It's like all these amazing, giant, you know, monsters that you're facing and these gorgeous environments and 480p resolution. And it just takes me out of it. I wish that they had it for the PC. Uh, there are ways to play it on the PC, but uh, I will not divulge those. Are there any games out of this entire list that we spoke about? What is your most anticipated game? Kirby. 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 Um, and are you buying that day one? Um, it kind of depends on what's going on in my life when it comes out, I guess. I am looking and I'm seeing which one I would be most excited about. Uh, and one of the games that I would probably actually purchase. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find any that I'm actually going to purchase. But I think the one I am most excited about would probably be Kirby or Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Oh, no, no. Uh, Earthbound, if you could buy them. If you could buy them, yeah. Big, yeah. big missed opportunity. N yeah. Nintendo, I would happily throw money at you for that. Kirby hopefully will be great. Triangle Strategy will hopefully be great. Live Alive will hopefully be great. That one, I don't really know enough about it to like be actually interested in it, but it does look, it, it's got my curiosity at least, you know? Yeah, Live Alive reminds me of that SNL sketch with uh, Christopher Walken where he's like, you say tomato, I say tomato. Sure. Uh, um, front Mission. I, I like me a mech fighting game. Yeah, Front Mission, I could see you getting that pretty, getting into that. I mean, Xenoblade, you fight mechs, too. You fight giant mechs and stuff. Yeah, but you, you beat them up mechs. You you hack and slash mechs. And, oh, okay. And then you level up your ability to hack and slash more. And, and no, now, I did say previously that for any of these, these uh, news things for, like, E3 and stuff, that we would only cover... We would each pick two or three things to talk about. That way we would, we would trim it down. But Nintendo Direct was pretty light. It was only an hour long. so I, figured uh, I was going to say, it felt like it was only like 40 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't that long. So it was something that we could actually talk about all of the games. But in the future, any big thing like PAX or, or E3 or anything, we're still going to do just a couple stories. Uh, each so we might not cover everything everybody wants to listen to uh but with that being said we are at the end of the podcast i would like to thank you for being here connor uh, i was the only one you had the only person here because aroa is doing taxes and of course i'm your host nathan reen spruth we will see you next week with some more uh video game news thank you for being here goodbye i'll talk about my warhammer story next week you'll see oh oh okay bye